the guy I was with at the time was absolutely humiliated. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. Red flag red he also flag. gave me paper plates for my birthday. Another red flag. No. <laughs> Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> like, the bar is truly in hell. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. My name's Quincy. And my name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men from Theaterly. We are here to talk, and maybe scream, about our favorite women in musical theater. I'm alive. Ah, I didn't know you were going to start with Celie, and I was expecting Sunset Boulevard. No, that's overdone. We've moved on. Oh, I feel like it's a it's a classic. Kevin, let's talk about the fact... Hi, everyone. Hey, y'all. Let's talk about Titanic. Okay, so we saw Titanic. It was your second time seeing the show. First time at the Daryl Roth Theater. Yes, my first time seeing the show at all. And we didn't really debrief, I realized. Like, we talked after, but we didn't talk about the show. I went in, though, big Celine Dion fan and somebody who, um, this was maybe inappropriately my favorite movie in 1996 when I was in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> so I had a blast. I mean, I it was tailor-made for me. No, it really was. Because I have never seen the movie, and I knew the Celine Dion hits, but when I saw it at first, it was like a big introduction to the plot of Titanic and the back catalog of Celine Dion, and I loved, 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 and have since been turned into a Celine Dion fan. Still have not watched Titanic, though. Work. Well, we'll get there. That's a commitment to watch that movie, though. You have to have, like, a whole afternoon. It's, like, three and a half hours long. I also just, like, don't sit down to watch movies, I realized about myself. I know. I'm trying to do that more, too. I Um, go to the theater. I go to the... Theater. But we went to Titanic because former Alphabas Nicole Parker and Lindsay Heather Pierce are currently starring together in the musical. And what a treat to see them on stage together. A treat for my eyes, a treat for my ears, a treat for my spirit. And we'll get to Lindsay Heather Pierce, as this <laughs> podcast always does. But <laughs> it always comes back. I have to say, this part... When it was announced, I was like, oh my God, yeah, that is a perfect role for Nicole Parker to play. And seeing her in it, it played to every single strength that she has. It was so perfect for her. Yeah, because it's like, she gets to improv, she gets to do impersonations. The singing is so good, you know what I mean? And to Mm -hmm. sing as well as she does and maintain the impression was so, so good. I love seeing her. I also was like, this is a hard sing. I think Titanic, it's so silly, goofy that you're not really paying attention to the technique that is going into it all. But both Rose and Celine in Titanic are tough sings. Yeah, they're up there wailing. I mean, truly, there is gonna be a Wicked to Titanic pipeline because I feel like (laughs) Wicked is like a factory for Celine's and Rose's. And it's already, I mean, we had Mark Evans, we had Carrie St. Louis. I was going to say, as we know that the Rose pipeline is for Glinda's and Alphabas because it does kind of live <laughs> in that like magic sweet spot, I think. Yeah. Also perfect in her role is Miss Lindsay Heather Pierce, who I loved because, first of all, crystal clear bell tones up in that mm-hmm. Celine Dion mm-hmm. range. But she also was so good because I feel like Rose has to be like the straight person in a lot of the comedy and she has to like kind of be the punchline of a lot of the jokes. And I think it takes like a really charismatic person to like support the other actors in that way. I thought she did such a great job. I loved seeing her do choreography in this Mm -hmm. show. (laughs) 
Because mm-hmm. we didn't get it as Alphaba, you know? No, ma'am. She said, don't forget, I did Anything Goes <laughs> on national television. I can bust a move. I did What's New Buenos Aires. No, it was. And I think I commented this or retweeted it or something, but it really was super thrilling to see two Alphabas just having fun on stage together. Yeah. Belting their little hearts out, but having so much fun, laughing, breaking character. Like, it was really a treat. Everyone go see Titanic. Yeah. My favorite moment from Nicole was somebody had late seating. Like, somebody came in after the opening number, and she took a minute to, like, explain everything that had happened in detail to this person as they were sitting down. I mean, it was just like, and to see... uh, that kind of play when we know these ladies from a role that is so precise and is so, you know, there's very little wiggle room for playing and is very serious and heavy. It was great. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved it. More pipeline. We'll be back. More pipeline. More, more, more. Any former Alphaba can go in as Celine. Yeah, baby. I want, honestly, I want Anna Gasteyer to do it. I want Jessica Voss to do it. I was thinking that too. Oh, Jessica Voss would be great. Yeah. All right. We'll I see. It. Titanic's going to run forever. It better. It better. So today's guest. Yes. Tell us we'll who circle it back is. to Titanic. Tell us who it is. Today we're speaking to Miss Olivia Valley, the current principal alphaba on the second national tour of <laughs> Wicked, but the only national tour currently playing the, the States. <laughs> Take us through a resume. Okay. So Miss Valley, back in the day, she graduated college and she booked her first job, which was Wicked, the second national tour where she was the understudy to Alphaba. She did that from 2016 to 2019. Then in 2021, she was on the first national tour of Pretty Woman, singing her face-down boots as Vivian. The t- I can't go back. The titular Pretty Woman. I've seen a different world. I can't go back. Insane. Kevin, do you remember, I don't know if you remember this, when I was interning for you that summer, was the summer that Pretty Woman was on Broadway, and we were sitting in the office one morning, and they had just performed on the Today Show. I think it was the Rodeo Drive number. Uh-huh. And th- yes. I watched yes. that number on my computer and turned my chair around and asked you if I could go to the box office and buy tickets. Yes, I do remember that. Because <laughs> that number sold me. <laughs> I remember that with crystal clarity. That is so funny. Get out of here. Ah, uh, to be young in New York City. Ugh, uh, um, you're still young in New York City. Shut the fuck up. Um, young in California right now. Anyways, anyways. Uh, after that, in 2021, Olivia went into Jersey Boys off Broadway as Mary Delgado, who is, in fact, her real life grandmother. She got to play her grandma. Yeah, for anyone on stage. who doesn't know, she- Olivia is Frankie Valley's granddaughter. Yeah, she's royal. Crazy. She's Jersey royalty, baby. Like. <laughs> To me, she is Princess Charlotte. And then in 2023, this year, Olivia has made her triumphant return to the second national tour of Wicked as the principal Alphaba. And snaps. How lucky are we that she did? I mean, she has had a career from the get go. She's killing it. Killing it. Slaying the house down. Slaying the house down and singing her. I mean, I, I cannot, I'm out of ways to say that this bitch can sing. I know. She really has a sensational voice. Yeah. And it's such a great tone, too. I love, 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 love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the interview, yeah, bring me can into I this give SJB. you a stuck on SJB? It's been so long, I feel like, since we've done this. I know, I know. For my stuck on SJB, 
Keeping on brand, on trend, in theme, keeping in theme, I would like to direct our attention to a video of Stephanie J. Block singing My Heart Will Go On at one of those outdoor <laughs> symphony concerts that the ladies do. Mm -hmm. um, what I want to start by saying is it's impeccably sung. However, I was scrolling through the comments and everyone was pointing out the fact that she was not singing the correct lyrics in a fun way, in a very, she's not singing the right words, but she's singing the house down kind of thing. Uh -huh. If I had not read the comments, I would not have noticed that the lyrics were not correct because that is how I sing My Heart Will Go On. I don't know the actual precise lyrics, but I know the melody. I know the chorus. You know what they kind That's of That's kind of all like. you need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the emotion that it evokes. Yeah. So... SJB, does not matter that the lyrics were not correct because I didn't notice. It starts very tiny. She, it's a real massive storytelling. It starts very tiny. Yep, yep, yep. She's not giving you the full throat yet. And she's also, it's like such a great SJB performance because it's all the classic gesticulations and intonations. Yes. <laughs> she does a <laughs> love can touch us one time. Yes. And last for a lifetime. And it's just like. <laughs> yeah, a whisper. It's really quintessential SJV. Yeah. And it works exactly so well for this mean. kind of song. Yeah, this kind of like soapy, romantic mm -hmm, song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did make me want a Celine Dion biomusical starring Stephanie J. Block. I'm there for it. But I also, if if we can't get the funding- Or do we just put her in Titanic? I'm also here for Stephanie J. Block in Titanic. Cause Stephanie's so funny. She could do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, she's so good with an audience. I feel like she would be terrific. If she went into Titanic. It could, it would transfer. It would transfer. Circle in the square, It baby. actually would. It would really work. And to see her in that, like, blonde wig that the Celines have to wear yeah. would be incredible. It would be great. So it starts very tiny. She's giving us classic SJB. Oh, she does another, um, like, a this hand to the yes. chest a lot. Shall we go for it? <laughs> Which is great. But then when she gets to the belt, wherever you are, full belt, full pingy, pingy, crystal clear belt that cuts right to your heart. It is yeah. so, so good. The necklace in actual Titanic is not that big as it is in Titanic, right? No, I mean, like, it's What is big. the joke about it being as big and tacky as it is in Titanic? Because in Titanic, he says it's like the biggest diamond of its like kind or something like that. Like it is supposed to be mm. a huge diamond, gotcha. but not that big. Also, what I'll say while we're on the topic of Titanic, <laughs> I think I'm a perfect case in point. If you haven't seen Titanic, you can still very much enjoy yeah, Titanic. Yeah. So it's, get thee to the Daryl Raw Theater. It's funny because it's funny, you know? It's funny because it's gay. Um, I have like one more thing I have to ask you about before we go talk to Olivia. And that is since we've last spoke, we have now seen Cynthia leaks from the set. I'm not happy. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted it to be special. That said, I have all of them saved on my phone, so. <laughs> I am, here's the thing. I feel like when the Ariana leaks happened though, it leaked in a way that had some grandeur to it. Like we kind of saw a number being performed and heard vocals. Mm -hmm. With Cynthia, we're getting these like grainy photos. Okay, the one that I did really love though <laughs> is the one where she's like holding the broom. She's in the like black leather yeah. long skirt dock situation. Cigarette, cigarette. In mouth. Mark, Mark Platt behind her. 
<laughs> and I was like, what is happening on that and set? Like, and maybe it wasn't a cigarette. Maybe it was something else. I don't know. Whatever it was. Revo. <laughs> hanging out. It reads as a cigarette in the photo. <laughs> like she doesn't have the coat on. So like her arms aren't painted. Like it's just her hands, I think. Because oh, it's know, like between setups blind. or something. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm sorry. That wasn't sensitive of me. <laughs> Well, Quincy, let me tell you, in that photo, she doesn't have the jacket on, and you can see that she's, like, only painted to here. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's actually, a funny picture. Yeah, my eyes would not actually clock the difference between the green and brown if they yeah. were next to each other. Well, there you go. It's the cross I bear. I'm happy to be here to help. I love the micro-braided hair. It's gorgeous. And I think the green is really reading well, too. I was nervous yeah. how it would, like, if it was going to come across well for a movie, but it works. I agree. Because it's a little more saturated than it is on stage, which I like uh -huh. because they're kind of setting the movie. They're, like, leaning into The Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. which is a very saturated movie. movie. Yeah, that Dorothy movie. Um, <laughs> but so then it's, like, I think the brighter green really works in that context. And then I also love, though, that they're, I love seeing how much they're expanding the universe, too. Like, I love seeing mm -hmm. that Shiz is, like, a whole world, and the Emerald City is, like, a whole humongous yeah. thing, like, a tangible, it's just very cool. What if these movies are so good and so expensive and so world-buildy? That it like launches this whole Harry Potter like universe where we're getting like mini series and these spin-off movies. That Maybe. would be kind of a sleigh. I thought you were gonna go with go towards what if we get like at Universal, like a wicked section oh, with sure. like a defying gravity roller coaster. That would have to be major mainstream acceptance, which I'm not sure this musical movie will get. Well after I just pitched a whole Yeah, you're like ma cinematic maybe universe. it'll be the next Marvel. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, let's get into our interview with Olivia Valley. Olivia Valley, thank you so much for joining us on Sentimental Men today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We're so excited. I feel like we should start by acknowledging that we have similar podcasting journeys because we both started our podcast during yeah. the pandemic when we were unemployed. During the panorama, <laughs> the Pandora Express, yeah. you know. <laughs> are you still doing yours? No, we're not. You know, it's just we became busy. quite busy. Yeah, are you busy? Uh, we're not busy at all. I actually just like <laughs> travel for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> I travel with vibes. Okay. <laughs> so we start every interview by asking, how did Wicked the Musical come into your life as a person? Well, I... <laughs> was not a musical theater girly when I was growing up. I um, knew about Rent because of the movie. I knew about Hairspray because of the movie. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And then Wicked. And I was like, it was like in middle school and we, you know, choir, like, you know, you're like, wow, what's this music? It's so good. And they're like, listen to the recording. And mm. we did. And I was like, this is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. And like, I can't believe people sing like this. And I can't believe like big voices can sing like this and like be so monumental in theater. And then growing up, I like did theater for fun and I was a sporty mm -hmm. kind of girl, but I didn't really know my place. And then I saw Wicked in 2015 and Teal Wicks and Katie Rose Clark were my alphabet. What and an iconic Man. first oh. duo. Yeah. And no I was like, it stuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> truly. I was like, I cried the whole time. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the minute 
the first note from the orchestra started playing till bells, I was ugly crying. And I could cry now thinking about it. Everyone around me was like, is this girl okay? And like (laughs) the guy I was with at the time was absolutely humiliated. (laughs) Red flag. Red flag. flag, He also gave me paper plates for my birthday. Another red flag. (laughs) Olivia. Yeah. Like the bar is truly in hell. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and so I'm like weeping, and I was like, "I have to be Elphaba. I have to be in mm. this show. How?" Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I went to school at Montclair State University, received my BFA in musical theater, Jersey Girl through and through. Stick into wow. the brand, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I auditioned for Wicked my senior year of uh, college. Uh, through my former agency when we did our senior showcase. They were like, actually, they're having auditions. You should go in. So I went in, and then I did a workshop as well. And they were like, okay, you're too young. And so a year later, after wedding band singing, I auditioned again and covered Elphaba for three years on the national tour. Okay, wait. I feel like we breezed through this journey. (laughs) You weren't a theater person at the get-go. No. So how did we, but were you a music person? Like where did the connection come in? I always wanted to be a pop singer and I like loved singing my whole life. Like my mom told me that I would correct her on pitches when I couldn't talk, but she would sing things wrong. And so I would start to cry, but hum it back to her in the right key and the right notes. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, (laughs) I was like, wow, I was, Kind of an asshole. Uh, as a <laughs> like this kid. Like my God, she's correcting yeah, me. Out she's like, this is wrong. What's happening? Um, and I just gotcha. started singing as a kid, and then I started to do theater in middle school. But I was like, this is fun. But like, I don't know. We did like Schoolhouse Rock Junior, so I wasn't like jazzed oh, about theater. Yeah, I was like, this is like yeah. fun and cute. And then mm-hmm. in high school, I we auditioned for Beauty and the Beast. And I was the only freshman with a callback, only freshman with a lead. And I was Mrs. Potts, 65 years too young. <laughs> we live, left, love in these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a mother as I am a child myself. Um, but you got the song. The song. The titular. The titular <laughs> song. Um, <laughs> and then it wasn't until my junior year of high school when I was Mama Rose, 50 years too young. <laughs> These <I'm>, roles. <laughs> no. And I received my first standing ovation. And I was like, not because like I got a standing ovation. That's like the coolest thing in the world. I was like, what's this? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was really more the fact that like people were so immersed in this story and so taken away from their everyday life and so Mm -hmm. moved to their feet by what was happening in front of them that I was like, I need to do this. I need to tell Mm -hmm. stories. I need to take people on a ride and move them to another place and have them think about this show, whether it be for five minutes or for three years afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like it is a living and breathing thing. And it is one of the most powerful things that people can do is to tell a story. And then, so I decided to go to school for musical theater because I also still didn't know how to do any of it. 
So I was like, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to sing and I guess I got to go to school. So I'll audition. Right. Like, were you in classes or anything prior to that? No, I had no formal training of singing, acting or dancing until I went to college. Went to school. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, and you went into a BFA program? Yeah. And it was the only school I auditioned for. Work. Wow. I literally. 100% success rate. I Literally. I was like, you know what? You miss a hundred of the shots you can't take. And I only took one. So. <laughs> but that's got to be nerve wracking showing up to a BFA program, having never like actually studied theater. It was terrifying. I showed up in sweatpants and a t-shirt and sneakers for the dance call. And all of a sudden I'm at a ballet bar. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> so I'm like looking at the people in front of me and like looking around and mimic- mimicking them and miming them. Oh my God. And oh my I just went in and I was like, I know how to sing. And I think I know how to tell a story. And I'm really going to lead with this. The dancing will worry about oh, later. <laughs> yeah, sure. And um, I was accepted. It was one of 20 people and 700 people auditioned that year. Wow. And it was like, I was said, I'm auditioning for college. I'm going to audition for one because I don't know what I'm doing. And if not this, then I'm going to take class for a year and audition again. And mm-hmm. do a better job at knowing how to audition it's also expensive like it's like Mm -hmm. like at least five thousand dollars if you're auditioning for every school and traveling everywhere and doing that Mm. like it's just a lot yeah and um yeah i didn't have the money to do it and so i was like i'm really just gonna take this shot and if i meant to do it i'm gonna go for it Mm -hmm. so i got in and the director of the program was like just letting you know you got in because your voice and your acting the dancing honey atrocious and i was like (laughs) aware Like, fully aware. Thank you I so much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's cool. So then you auditioned for Wicked your senior year. I'm not an actor. Is that normal? Because that, to me, seems extraordinary. It was a little extraordinary. So in every, um, in some programs, you do a senior showcase where you go to New York, you prep, like, two minutes of material and I prepped two okay. songs because musical theater school. Um, and you sing yeah. in front of casting directors, uh, directors, agents, managers, and right. everything. And so I sang. What were your uh, showcase songs? Oh, <laughs> pulled from, uh, not pulled, sorry. That was one of my options. Uh, Safer, gotcha. the first, uh, like. I know it well. The intro, <laughs> uh, Safer from First Date. And then the key change starting at Fly, Fly Away from Catch Me If You Can. Work. <laughs> And so um, I'm a belter. Belting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I start, and then I got quite a number of agency and manager and every so other mm-hmm. appointment. And the agency I signed with at the time, I was still like in interviews and everything. And this person really wanted me. And so he was like, I got you an audition for Alphaba. And I was like, what? Wow. Excuse me? He was like, yeah. He was like, they're looking for covers. I got you an audition. You should go in. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And so I made it to yeah. like the first couple of rounds and they really liked what I was doing. But I was just, I was so inexperienced. And they right. said, you know, let's <clears throat> give her time. And so I did wedding band singing for like a year and just kind of like was auditioning. And everybody around me was booking. And I was like the girl Mm. with like the 14 agent appointments and other people had like one or two and everybody else was working Mm. and like, well, what's she doing? Was she a flop? Was it luck? And in a way I was Mm. like, kind of, it was luck. Like really, realistically (laughs) Uh. speaking. And it was really heartbreaking. And I felt a sense of shame because, you know, 
back then, like, and in a way still musical theater school is extremely competitive and can be extremely toxic. And what they teach people is not healthy, depending on your professor and the school you go to. And so I really felt this sense of shame, even though I was like, I know I can do this. I just need the right shot. And I kept getting right. no's, but I kept going to finals. And I was like, every no mm. leads me to my bigger yes. And then finally, I got the call after auditioning again to cover Alphaba on the national tour. And that was my first job where I got my equity card and like the biggest learning curve of my life. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, because we've spoken to a few other alphabas who went right into their professional career in Wicked and specifically on the road. Can you speak a little bit to what kind of learning experience that is? It's a combination of learning how at 22 to survive by yourself on the road. (laughs) Like... Terrifying. Yeah, wow, geez, I didn't think about that. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's very overwhelming. Like you leave everything you've known behind mm-hmm. and yeah. you are like thrust into this world and into a machine that's already working. And you're mm-hmm, this little yeah. tiny cog that's like being put in. And like suddenly you have to find friends. You have to figure out how to do your job well. If you can do the job well, manage your money, um, be responsible, be safe on the road. It really felt... As you're getting dropped into these cities all over the country. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And restarting every week. (laughs) Yeah. Restarting every week, every month. And, you know, you're figuring out yourself and you're growing up too. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that was the hardest is like giving myself the grace to grow up and make mistakes as a person and in the professional world, but also giving myself grace because I would see other people be people and just grow and make mistakes Mm. or thrive or do this, that, or the other thing. And I would give them that grace, but not giving myself that grace. Mm. Um, Mm. Because I did this from 22 to 25, like the pivotal years that you are like forming your frontal lobe and like Mm -hmm. learning how to be an adult. And so Wicked raised you. Wicked literally taught me how to be a professional, taught me how to be ready and able to do the job and how to accept the fact that like you're in corporate theater. It's not about you. It is literally about Mm, the brand. mm -hmm. It's about the story. It's about the community and not just the Mm. community that's the show, but the people that love the show and the producers and the general managers and everybody around you and how to make everybody's lives easier through doing this and, you know, taking the self and the ego out of it and thinking about more, how can we all help each other because even as a cover I understood very quickly because of joining Wicked so young that you cannot do this without anybody else. Mm -hmm. You all need each other. There is nobody more important than the next person. We are all important and that's front of house, that's the janitors, that's the people who clean the Elphaba bathrooms every single night after Mm -hmm. they degreen. Like it is Mm -hmm. really an entire team of people to make this thing possible. And the gift is being here. And especially on tour. Especially on tour. You have to create a family, but you also have to have time for yourself and time Mm -hmm. to decompress because on tour, you're with each other all the time. So like to say no to things is also okay. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you at the next event. That's going to happen in three days. Like I'm going to live. (laughs) (laughs) When you think back on your time on tour, especially just starting out on tour, is there a specific difficult lesson that you learned 
that you're grateful for now? The gift of patience. I wanted to be mm-hmm. Alphaba so bad. I wanted to be bumped up to standby so bad. But mm. I also did my job every night because my job was to be in the ensemble. But if I could tell younger me, and I worked really hard and I was like, one day it's going to happen. But when it didn't happen in my time, I was like, right. it's never meant to happen. It's never going to happen. And I left being like, well, it's just never going to happen, but at least I got to do it. And mm. I wish I could tell younger me that you are so young. There are so many things you have to experience. Go touch the grass. There are things outside <laughs> of Wicked that are like also equally important and magical and help shape you to get mm-hmm. you ready. And yeah. patience of knowing that if I had been standby at, like, at 25, I might not have been ready if I had been Alphaba, mm. I might not have been ready and that everything happens perfectly in its own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that first contract was your mental roadmap, kind of like, I'm going to do understudy, then I'll get bumped up to standby, and then I'll do principal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when it didn't happen like that, and the team was very much like, we want to see you be Alphaba, we want to see you be standby. Like They were mm-hmm. all rooting for me, and I would be rehearsed often, and there was a lot of conversation oh, nice. about it. But it just yeah. never happened. And... I was like crushed (laughs) Mm. and I think it's okay to say that. And it doesn't mean I failed because I still Mm. did it. No, My first job was wicked. And I had to also learn that (laughs) as well. Like just because you don't get what you want, doesn't mean you're failing. It just means like that was your lesson. That was the gift of just being there and that what we do Mm -hmm. is on borrowed time. And I wish And even though I was there for three years, that's a lot of borrowed time, you know, (laughs) the gift is just to be able to do it. And that so many people want to be where I'm at as a cover Mm -hmm. and especially now, but like, just like stop and like smell the roses and like take the Mm -hmm. time to really enjoy what you do. Yeah. So how much were you going on as Alphaba in that first contract? You were there for a while. I was there for a while. I went on 11 times, which is a lot for an understudy okay Okay. but I was also rehearsed often so like there was a point in time where I wasn't rehearsed for like three months and I didn't go on for seven months and I got the call to go on and I was just like all right (laughs) like this is the job it'll be fine yeah Yeah. I'll be fine I know what I'm doing I you know you have to compartmentalize like it's really just a rehearsal with people right but was there a layer of i want to be promoted so when i go on i'm gonna try and slay the house down so that people hopefully like me enough absolutely there's a (laughs) lot of that i was like i'm gonna give it my all every option every riff which i was doing doing like i think my last show is alphaba not a single written note was sung (laughs) it was the wicked mega mix as you should as As you you should should. the wicked mega mix (laughs) like we have to do a cabaret concert the wicked mega mix yes and it's just every option yes no one can sing the melody no. I know that's the rule. No melody. No, no melody, yeah. just no vibes. score alphabets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as an understudy, when you went on as Alphaba, was there anything surprising in terms of difficultiness or were you chilling? In a way, I was chilling. I think wow. the biggest issue for me was blowing it out too much because I'm mm. chilling. So I could yeah. just sing away do the thing, but not conserve and think about strategically Uh, how to mm -hmm. still 
slay the house down, but also keep it consistent for eight shows. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that was my another big lesson is to learn how to be a smart performer and a smart musician and a smart vocalist. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm like holding anything back. It just means I am strategically doing this so that everybody is getting the same product and it's still like going for it. Right. Right. And right. that's the, uh, that's part of that corporate theatership too, is it's like, you have to be consistent. And I think that, that that is like a, a word that we don't hear very much people say, but it's like, that's the gig is to like consistently meet people's expectations. Exactly. And consistently mm. do the job you have been asked to do by your directors, by your creatives. And how can you deliver that every single night? It's very cool to like, And I was there so I can speak from experience. It's very cool to be able to do all the things and go crazy and then do the thing. But then, you know, could I do that the next day? No, Mm -hmm. I would give it all Mm -hmm. away. And then I'd go back to the ensemble and I was hoarse because I was Mm -hmm. not being smart. Now, as a 30 year old adult doing this, I can (laughs) still give the options, give the riffs that are approved by the team Emphasis on approved by the team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. No one can yell at me. My favorite scenario in my imagination is like an Elphaba will send an email with a voice note attached to like the music director being like, can I do this? Literally (laughs) like, hey, I was thinking about this for this Saturday night. I'm feeling great. One word back, no. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Or like the thumbs down Not even a period. (laughs) Just a red receipt. No response. (laughs) Literally. And they're like, cute. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk to the higher ups oh, about my that. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you did your first Wicked contract, and then you went on to play Vivian in Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. My, do you feel like having that opportunity to lead a different Broadway musical prepared you to then come back as Principal Alphaba? A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. It okay. is the How same so? amount of stage time. Like Vivian doesn't leave the stage. She leaves the stage for Mm. two minutes of the show in Mm -hmm. all of two hours and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Alphaba has around like collectively like 15 minutes, I think. Okay. But somewhere close, like somewhere. We'll fact check. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Correct. Um, But it helped me learn stamina. It helped me learn how to physically be aware of my body at all times and vocally be aware of my body at all times. And also how I'm saying lines. Cause that's the thing that can kill you in a show, yeah. how to deliver. That's what we hear from the alphabets too. The yelling is what actually ruins the voice. It's the yelling. And for me, I am lucky enough to have a pretty large voice that I know how to just place it. And mm-hmm. it's not yelling. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. placing it a little more forward and it sounds like it, but I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Without adding like vocal tension. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Which is smart. Great. Because like yelling is not acting. Yelling is not storytelling. Ooh, put it on you- a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get Kevin. <laughs> I was waiting for the response Ooh. from Kevin. <laughs> like, and I have to remind myself of that. And there are ways to get emotional and to like explode and to do all of those things without screaming because the minute you Mm -hmm. yell like if i hear somebody yell in real life what checked out Mm -hmm. very emotionally mature of you olivia thank you (laughs) it's the jersey in me or else you know it gets a little weird 
<laughs> got to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I had to think about it. Like if I'm listening to someone yell the whole time, I don't care mm-hmm. about this story. I don't care mm-hmm. about what's happening because now I just know that she's yelling. Now right. what? I'm just listening to her yell. I'm just listening to her yell and I'm listening to her sing loud. And it's like this like wall of sound being thrown at me for like two <laughs> hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> I think I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to learn. And that's also what consistency is. Learning how to not yell the whole time and being able to do that's what lends to consistency as well because if i'm yelling the whole time and singing Mm -hmm. fine it's not gonna work so i had to learn Mm -hmm. how to give a consistent emotional story without compromising the story itself by yelling and compromising myself without Mm -hmm. yelling Mm -hmm. how did pretty woman happen what was the audition process like for pretty woman crazy let me tell you about it (laughs) (laughs) it was like Everything started to open right after the pandemic. And I had like three auditions and I was like, okay. I, this is weird. Okay. So I sent a self tape in for kit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like belting Rodeo drive, living my best sure. life. And yeah, I a, I, that could work. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah sure. You know, <laughs> I have the attitude for it. Everybody's like, you have the yeah. attitude for these tough roles. I'm like, yeah, but then like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. so good in theory. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go into my callback because I got one. LOL. And Sorry. I sing it out, and I'm with the team except for Jerry. I'm with uh, Will Van Dyke, mm-hmm. DB Bonds, and Rusty Mowry. And they ask me to wait outside, and all of a sudden they come out with a packet, and it's the Vivian packet, and they're like, "We think you can handle this. Will you come back?" tomorrow and i was like no mm. i can come back the day after <laughs> because <Sure. Wow. laughs> they wanted me to learn three sides and three songs sure and obviously yeah. i'm gonna memorize them because it's the chance to lead a national tour and i don't want to be like this the whole time yeah you know what i mean yeah so good for I go you though back. for for saying that thank you i think a lot of people would be like yeah i'll come back this afternoon yes, if yes, you yes. need me to yeah yeah and i used to be that person and i learned that the more you advocate for yourself in those kinds of ways, like actually, no, like that's not really great for me. I can actually do it like this. And even in a rehearsal process, like that kind of doesn't really work for me, but how can we get there? Um, It creates more communication and it's not a fear-based system. It's more of like a, how it it Mm -hmm. allows the people that I'm talking to an opportunity for me to trust them. And it also creates trust and a bond even if it's two right. seconds of like, hey, I actually can't do that. It's a lot for me. It checks in with everybody that like we're all people and we're all doing this. Right. It reminds everyone to be like real. Yes, mm-hmm. to be really mm-hmm. real. And so I just feel like it just helps. And like I'm not going to give a bad audition, mm-hmm. you know, like that. that's only going to make me have a bad audition. And so I just said like I need, I need the day to learn it. And they said absolutely. So I learned it. <laughs> and... <laughs> It was like, I had like 12 to 17 hours to learn it all. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then so I went back and I sang it all. And then I went back the next day and had the dance call. And Jerry Mitchell was in the room and I went in to do a work call. And then I went back to do partnering. And then I went back again and sang for the whole team and did all the sides for the wow. whole team. And so it was like the craziest like three to four days of my life. I have never been oh, more tired. Oh, it was all back to back like that. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my God. Like back to back to back. You went to pretty woman camp. Camp. Yes. Boot camp. I was like, (laughs) Oh God, this is crazy. And so I, and then a week later I got the call that I booked it and I led and opened a national tour and originated a role for a national tour, which is like the coolest thing ever. So early on in your career too. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'll take that. That's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. then did the Wicked Principle, was it an ask? Did you go back into audition? How did that happen? Well, we initially called for Wicked Broadway and we were like, hey, what's going on? Gotcha. Because nice. that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And they said, the offer's <laughs> already out. And it was, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay. And they were like, but we're actually really liking the idea of her for the tour. And at first I was like, I don't know if I want to tour. I've been touring for- Wait, yeah, you've been touring for forever, I just realized. Nine years of my career, which is all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have been on the road all of my 20s. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I want to tour. I'm kind of over it. Um, Yeah. And they- we're like, well, have her come in. And I was like, well, they do like Wicked treats their people really well. I love mm-hmm. Wicked. And I grew up with Wicked. Like, and like, if I'm going to leave for a tour and it's like my swan song of touring, it's Alphaba. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I said, yeah, I'll go in. And I went in and I saw Celia at the audition and it oh, was nice. me and her. And I was like, okay. And it's <laughs> like, all right. Now what? And so I went in and I yeah. had like a half hour to 45 minute work session with Dan Michike and Lisa Laguio. Mm. And it was on Valentine's Day. I said, happy Valentine's Day to me, getting matcha latte, leaving. Um, <laughs> and a week later, I got the offer to wow. be Alphaba. And I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. Like every time I would talk about it, and I didn't really want to talk about it because, you know, I wanted to keep it on the down low. Because... Be chill. Yeah, be chill. Because also like... I know that like, I don't want to talk about it too much or I'm going to get too overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, we'll keep it chill. We'll keep it chill. But I, every time everybody's like, what are you up to? I was like, I'm going to be Elphaba. This is like the coolest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but did it feel overwhelming after covering it for so long and then also leading another tour? You know, In my mind, it feels like it'd be perfect timing to then go and lead the Wicked Tour as Alphaba. In a way, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I know how to do this. I know how to lead a tour. Right. But then going back to it, like so much mm. had changed in five to six years of Wicked oh, really? and how they want to do Alphaba. And I was like, we're all really riding on the fact that I did this once or twice because this is a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Wait, talk a little bit more about the differences that you were noticing in when you returned. um, A lot of music differences. They really wanted Mm. acting first, which obviously we love. Mm -hmm. Um, Musically, you know, not as many riffs anymore. And I was okay Mm -hmm. with that because like it lends to storytelling. And like, I think that like, you know, it's amazing to have the mega mix of Wicked, but at Wicked, at its core, it is an incredible story and it's layered and it's yeah. deep, it's emotional. And so there is power in just like adding what works 
for the singer best. And sometimes it's not 85 million riffs. It is like holding the one riff and then like, you know, telling the incredible story or holding the lines or seeing how the dynamics in a song change for an alphabet and how they elevate it through their storytelling. Yeah, because I think ultimately what makes Wicked work is that what's on the page is so good. Yes. Right. The page does the work for you. Right. The extras, like the little razzle dazzle. um, Mm -hmm. And... Everything else is really just like so strong to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. The blocking didn't really change. A couple of blocking things changed, but a lot of story for me changed and how they wanted it because I had done it for so long. They really wanted to shake mm-hmm. me up and like not have me like mm-hmm. be on autopilot. Ah, so we, that's it's good. really good. It was really helpful and leading a tour and having life experiences allowed me to shake it up because I wasn't a kid anymore. I am now a woman Mm -hmm. doing this. And I can tell this Mm -hmm. from a younger perspective, which is like a lot of act one. And now me now as a woman in act two, having seen the celebrations and the heartbreaks of life and seeing how people Mm -hmm. can let you down and seeing how you can forgive and how you can allow yourself to love. And yeah. It was really great because uh, Celia and I had three weeks of working with Lisa and it was like, mm. she's such a wealth of knowledge. The whole team is like, there's just 20 years of knowledge and they know, like, right. they know how to take every single actor and go, okay, this is what's going to work for you. They just like see it the minute yeah. you run on stage at this point. It's like, it's really a skill. Like That's really fascinating. The whole team yeah. is just like... And I mean, every department, every director, every everything is just like so, so good. And it's amazing to watch them like work and like be Mm -hmm. able to say like this works for you and that works for you. Like they just make it magical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your portrayal of Elphaba first contract versus second contract? How has it evolved? Personally, it went from a lot of having to prove myself, a lot of looking for validation A lot of like, I can do all Mm -hmm. the riffs. I can do everything. I can do this. I can do this. And feeling like maybe there's a time where I can do this um, to now knowing that I can and that I don't need the validation. Mm -hmm. I'm the second understudy in history to go from understudy to lead and bypass standby. (gasps) Only me. Who is the first? Educate us. Caroline (laughs) Bowman. Work. Wow. We are the only two work. people in history to have That's done it. That's fabulous. And I'm obsessed with that. It's so okay, cool. wait. I do wonder, though. I do think, are we forgetting Casey Levy in this? Was she ever a cover? Because she, 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 she was Broadway understudy, and then she went to L.A. lead. Was she a standby in the middle of that, though? She might have I been. think she was a standby. That will actually fact check, because I'm okay, curious. Yeah, yeah that's... Because, <laughs> regardless, because it's somebody a small told club. me Caroline Bowman was the it's first. a sleigh. Regardless, it's a sleigh. to be one of three or one of two is like yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and and those three are great names. Great names, <laughs> like to walk amongst giants. I feel like that all the time. Like I wear, I wear like Lindsay Pierce's defying gravity <laughs> dress. Like, does she know that? Yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. I've had so many of the witches through my time covering and through now just be so helpful. And Lindsay said this thing to me. She's like, I will literally be holding you as you sing this. And I was like, I am too emotional for this. Aww. And I'm wearing all of my understudy boots 
So like there is also oh my God. and they crossed They're out like grounded like, in that. Yeah, there's also that foundation yeah. of like I am literally wearing the foundation of my hard work every single night. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh. And like you can see 16 gently scratched out and just one cuz we all have numbers for laundry. Yeah. Um uh, and so I just see that every single show before the start of the show and before the start of act two. And uh, I'm like, I literally did what I wanted to do. I could cry. I like yeah. talking about this oh is so God. emotional. <laughs> it's so many years yeah. of dreaming about this. So many years of like walking back, like coming back to wicked and being like, I know these halls. I know these boxes. I know these people, but so much has changed. Mm. And I have also changed and how fucking cool is this mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's That's wild incredible. it's really wild well yeah so did you have any elfy mentors who you really leaned on for advice throughout your process could be first contract second contract first contract a lot of it was mary kate morrissey and jessica vosk a lot mm. of it Jackie Burns mm-hmm. coached me on my material for my audition. So Jackie Burns is in there. Oh, wow. oh, really? And then now, obviously, Lissa, we still text. We still check in. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I <laughs> love her. She's so fun. I love her. Lindsay yeah. and I will talk, and she offers me advice. Also, MK still, we still talk. Alyssa and I talk. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Fox and I talk. Yeah. And Jessica still. Like, it really is this sisterhood. And there's also, like, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that all of them came to me first being like, I know you've done this. But there's also this uh-huh. mutual understanding of even though I've done it once or twice, like, I'm still learning so much all the time. Like I'm finally learning what's working for me in week seven of doing this. And they say it takes Mm. two months to figure it out. And now I finally have my groove. And so. Mm. Yeah. Like what were your major hurdles having to do it every day now? Oh, the shock of my body, (laughs) like physically doing this, like being able to take care of my body, seeing where there's tension in my body to get rid of it so that I can deliver vocally being a technician, like putting it in first gear, putting it in third, back in second and back in fifth, like knowing how to maneuver it every single day um, was really hard. It really is just a shock to the body because it's so Mm. intense. You have to be an Olympian to do it. Like Mm. anybody who covers, stands by or is Elphaba or Glinda, like you really are just like this mathematician in your head. You're this athlete every single day. Like I like have like salt supplements to replenish my salt levels because you need that in order to recover your tissue, which also helps your voice. Wow. Like I have like Look at oh, you, scientist. The, the science <laughs> sciences around here. Like <laughs> you have like you have like your nutrition and then you have your supplements and then you have the things you can and cannot do. So like in colder cities, I won't go out because the cold will zap everything mm-hmm. out of me. But in hotter cities, like mm-hmm. I can go out on a Sunday night and have a really good time and be mm-hmm. chilling. You know? Um, for me also lifting weights and running really helped because, Mm -hmm. um, you have to get your body warmed up, especially for a two show day. I'm like running on the treadmill before a two show day. Wow. It it just helps. And I like, don't feel zapped of energy. I'm just like ready to go. And then when I do wicked, I'm like, well, I just ran. So like running's harder to me (laughs) because I'm not a runner, (laughs) but all of a sudden I am, uh, and (laughs) like, crazy 
So I think like going back to your last question about like how now my alphabet has changed, there's just more of a developed story because there's so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, is there something to getting the physicality of the role under control that allows you to focus more on the acting of it all? Absolutely. The minute your physicality is in order for me is the minute your show is stronger because now you can know where you're placing your body because the prop, the, the suitcase she carries for all of Shiz Parlor is 15 pounds. The broom is five. The hat is another five. Plus the wigs, that's another God. seven. Plus the grimmery yeah. and the purse. Mm-hmm. Like, and the dress. And like holding the grimmery, like, and that weighs you down so it throws your balance off. So you have to remember to like put your chest up and also like keep your spine straight. And you can't have your hips be compromised. So once that becomes muscle memory, smooth sailing. But you have to be that physically aware, like holding the broom, if your forearm gets too tense, all of this gets too tense mm-hmm. because then your biceps are tense, your traps are tense, and then your throat is tense. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. for me being so acutely aware of my body at all times to be like, oh, okay, I can deliver this eight times a week. And then now yeah. since it's muscle memory, I'm like, I can do the things I want. I can sing the things I want and I can be running and I'm good. Mm-hmm. So I just have a more full-bodied alphabet now. Before you started this principal contract, was there something that in your head you were like, going into this, I want my alphabet. I want to make sure I check this box with my alphabet. I really wanted to make sure that you could see Elphaba's overwhelming power throughout the whole thing. And because she has this overwhelming power, you're watching somebody overcome their own fear of themselves Mm -hmm. because everybody Mm. has told them that they are not enough. I really wanted my Elphaba to be more nuanced. There are specific things like I'll look at my hands sometimes in the show and it's not because I'm like, I'm Mm. so powerful. It's either... I can't believe Madame Morrible touched my disgusting hands that everybody has deemed awful. Or like my, who would I, or like, and I'm not that girl, I'll look at my hands because I'm like, I can't believe I touched his face. My hands are not worthy of that. And then in act two, I barely look at them because now I know that I am worthy and I am powerful. Olivia. (laughs) Girl. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you. It's a lot of nuance, a lot of like watching somebody become so overwhelmingly powerful and then know when to step away and allow the sacrifice of, you know, what has happened to me cannot happen to my best friend. Mm -hmm. And now I have to, we all have to live with this now. But other people can also be powerful in their own ways now and change Mm -hmm. things for good in a different way, in ways that I couldn't and that I've done enough. And surrendering is not weakness. It is also power. So like in No Good Deed, when she says, all right, enough, so be it, so be it then. It's like a fine. I am wicked, but also I'm done. Right. Yeah. Stalemate. I'm done. The plan is in motion. I'm leaving. I cannot do this anymore. Wow. Mm. Damn, Olivia. (laughs) Okay, so I do feel like this is a natural segue to the question. Are you a wizard and I defying gravity or no good deed alphabet and it can mean whatever you want it to mean? All we ask is that you explain why. I am a no good deed alphabet. Always have been. Always will be. Uh, Why? You know, one, 
if we're going to talk like the one that's the most comfiest for me, Noga D vocally, sure. but I also gotcha. have always known since I was younger because th- of my life experiences that sometimes everything you do cannot be good enough for somebody. And I know what betrayal feels like. I know what heartbreak feels like. I know what loss feels like in a way that is so intense that you don't know what to do with yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. I also think that for me, that is the song that is like Elphaba's true power because Defying Gravity is her discovery of her true power. Right. So No Good Deed is everything that encompasses her. Mm-hmm. And the moral questions we ask when we do help people and it doesn't work out. Did I do this for me? Is this a savior complex? Mm-hmm. Am I really a good person? Like those reflective thoughts yeah. that we have. Yeah. I've always resonated with that because I always want to be a better version of myself no matter what. And also just I think those are the questions we should ask people. Are you actually, are you nice or are you good? Because there's a difference. And it's no nice deed. It's no good deed. Because anybody can be nice, but people (laughs) don't know how to handle good. The lines you're dropping in this episode, Olivia. (laughs) I know. Come on, BFA. It's the BFA. Wow. Okay. Work. We've literally, we have been frantically typing things that you've been saying into this Google Write it down. Write it down. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Olivia, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming (laughs) on. It's been awesome. Truly, you you. have dropped wisdom in this episode. (laughs) I know. Thank you. Confucius Miss Olivia Valley. (laughs) Not Confucius. Do you know Confucius? Yeah, I know Confucius. I didn't know how big of a deal Confucius was outside of Hawaii. What a name to pull out. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, But I do agree. Olivia was giving like Grandmother Willow, like wise old sage. Just casually dropping insane lines that belong on a pillow. Yeah, like... But also, like, deeply profound, like, thoughts that she has had about this show and this role. I had such a good time talking to her. Yeah, me too. It is really crazy to think about how long she has been on the road. Yeah, I would hate (laughs) that. But I do imagine you get to a point where, like, you have it down and you can start to, like, if that's your normal life, then I imagine you can build a life on top of touring. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exhausting, though. Like, anyone I know who tours has just been like, it's so hard because it's like, yes, you can build the foundation of, like, you know, how you operate on a travel day and, like, what your routine is and all of that. But then, like, all of the Mm -hmm. elements about your job are changing every two weeks like you're learning it in a new space and you're like dealing with different weather and different allergies and your dresser is changing every every two weeks and like it's yeah you have to be so um it's like on the road you almost have to be able to teach other people how to help you yeah yeah on the flip side i could also see that being a positive because i think something i'm learning about myself is that i really can't live the same day over and over again and i need some sort of variation day to day in order to feel like life is worth living (laughs) that got very heavy at the tail end of that But I do think that's a very healthy realization to have. (laughs) Wow. Anyway. Are you okay? I'm great. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
Yelling is not acting. That to me was the first line of hers that got me good. Once she said that, I was leaned in. I was like, okay. <laughs> she's got punchlines and, and she's got <laughs> pearls of wisdom. We're on like a slight delay. So as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, Kevin's gonna react to that. And I looked at you and you hadn't reacted yet, but then you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's like, uh, uh, like, I wish everybody got told that. That should be a merch item. Yelling is not acting. Do we have to give her a cut? Well, no. Don't make the merch something somebody else said. <laughs> That's Olivia Valley merch. It's such a nugget of wisdom. But yeah, and I love what she had to say about like, sometimes the power comes from in the softness and sometimes, you know, it's the introspective moments that hold the most weight mm -hmm. and that using that as a way to keep the audience's attention because you're you're bringing them mm -hmm. up and down emotionally. Mm -hmm. it, it was really nice to kind of geek out on the acting of it all with her. It's been a minute since we recorded these episodes, so mm -hmm. we've been a little bit out of practice, but to kind of delve in in that way felt really good. It, it was did very, feel good. It was good for my heart. I loved when she was talking about the like ripple effect of the physicality of the role. Mm -hmm. Like the one example she gave about like, if she's tensing her forearm while she's holding the broom, that tenseness can travel all the way up and affect her throat. Um, mm. And it's like, we hear so many people say like, the role is so hard physically and you have to be in great shape and you have to really know your body. But to hear it about how much it resonates and how it's like even something that you don't even think of as a physical element that would affect your voice because you're not huffing mm -hmm. and puffing holding that broom but the tensity mm, yep. of it can affect your your voice. I just thought that was really interesting to hear her take that idea kind of a level deeper. Mm -hmm. I also thought surrendering is not weakness is like the perfect way yeah. to describe no good deed. Yes. And we've heard other ladies that we've talked to describe it similarly, but the way she distilled it into that phrase was resonated with me a lot. Me too, me too. Because I think it also removes a layer of... I think one way you could play No Good Deed is to play it as, like, Alphaba is leaning into being the villain. Into the bit. In, right, into the identity that has been put on her. But to make the mm. to make the opposite choice that it's, like, you're surrendering, then that kind of takes away that layer of it. And it's like, I'm just removing myself. Like, you all do what you're right. going to do. I'm just sure. done. Like th this There's is no a decision I'm making anymore. for myself that like, I don't need to prove this to you anymore. And right. it almost like yeah. takes it out of that villain space and more into, like she was saying, like a, a totally powerful moment for her to, Ooh. yeah. God, I, I loved how like thoughtful she is about this role. And she was so chill about how thoughtful she was, too. Like, yeah. she would just, like, say something super insightful through her giggle, and we'd both be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Before we go, of course, just got to say, if you enjoyed the show today, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, extra points if you give a review. Uh, extra, extra points if you tell a friend. And um, we would really appreciate it because every little bit helps the pod get bigger and better. So we will catch you next time. And that is all I have to say for today. Goodbye, Quincy. Bye. 
You've been listening to Sentimental Men from Theaterly. This episode was produced by Quincy Brown, Kevin Bianchi, and the team at Theaterly. Thanks to Anthony Abitangelo, the most swankified podcast editor in town. And another thanks to Michaela Reynolds for making us look downright osmopolitan in our new key art. And to Julia DeMarzo for our logo design. If you want to get in touch, send us an email. We love to hear from you all. You can reach us at sentmenpod at theaterly.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E-L-Y. You can also connect with us across social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SentMenPod. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. The Heart of the Ocean. Is that a Titanic reference? That's the necklace, Quincy. (sighs) 